Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, March 25th, 2021. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. We're going to keep this intro short and sweet this week as we have a ton to get to, including my exclusive interview with WWE SmackDown superstar Daniel Bryan. And this was recorded last Wednesday on St. Patrick's Day. So eight days ago, right before Fastlane. We do talk a bit about Fastlane in addition to coming back from retirement, going into retirement five years ago, opponents he would love to face, a lot about his kids and stuff like that. So it was a great, great interview. I really enjoyed talking to Brian. Um, And we're going to be sharing that interview here today. It went up first on my YouTube channel, so check that out. Went up live on Friday morning for Bleach Report. The article is there as well on Bleach Report. Um, But yeah, we have that interview here today in addition to my usual conversation with Mr. Marceau, breaking down Sunday's Fastlane pay-per-view, Monday's Raw, and the latest on the WWE Hall of Fame class for 2021. So at this time, please welcome my guest at this time, WWE SmackDown superstar, Daniel Bryan. Hey, how's it going, Daniel? How are you? I'm good. How are you, Graham? Doing great, man. How was your St. Patrick's Day? Well, so I didn't realize it was St. Patrick's Day until (laughs) I... uh, Later in the day, I don't want to say later, maybe like 10 a.m., which is later when you have uh, young kids and yep. you get up at 5 a.m. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it was uh, it was only when I realized my daughter was the actual one, actually the one who told me. And she's, you know, she'll be four in May. And she's like, I'm wearing green for St. Patrick's Day. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well. I, I was very concerned she was going to pinch me. <laughs> well, kind of going off of that, how's father have been going for you, man? Like you said, you've had Birdie, obviously, for a couple of years now. You said she's turning four in May, um, and obviously you had the uh, birth of your son, Buddy, a couple months ago. So how's that been going for you, dude? Oh, man, it's it's so good. It's like, um, you know, anybody knows that parenting, you know, if, if all anybody talks about is parental bliss, you know they're lying, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, you know, there's the struggle part of it too. The, uh, you know, um, but our boy has has turned into this incredible sleeper. Mm-hmm. Like we put him down at like 5 p.m. and he sleeps all the way until 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's like 13 hours straight, you know? So it becomes really tough when, when you've got an infant who's waking up every couple hours and then you've got a toddler who's waking up at six six thirty seven or whatever it is yeah. and you're just struggling to make it work and i'm traveling three days a week and you know all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh but now that he started sleeping so much mm-hmm. i mean what a game changer and it feels everything feels so easy <laughs> like uh like in our daughter i mean she's just so great that mm-hmm. um there's this great jason isbell song that uh that came out last year that was like he talks about being your daddy was easy right Mm -hmm. and parenting is never easy Mm -hmm. but it it started to feel so 
easy with the two of them, especially in comparison when you have an infant and you're running around. It's you know it's nuts, but it's you know it's just we're we're also very blessed that both of our children have great temperaments. Like our yeah. little boy smiles nonstop, <laughs> like he's just always happy. So mm-hmm. so yeah, we're 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 really lucky, and I uh, you know there's there's not many things that I love more than wrestling, mm-hmm. right? And then then you become a dad. And that changes your whole perspective on everything. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I know you said a couple, maybe this was a weeks ago, a couple weeks ago on Twitter, that you've since read, what, 16 books so far in 2021? Is that accurate? Something Somewhere around there, uh, right? So now, so I've stopped kind of counting. I go for a book a week. Wow. Uh, but I really was nailing it at the beginning of the at the beginning of the year where I was getting like three books every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So now I'm well over my number. I need to go back and count again. But I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm well ahead of the book a week thing. Uh, Edge had talked to me uh, a while ago mm-hmm. about trying to read. I think maybe seventy five books in a year, wow. and I've never I've never tried for that number i've always tried for a book a week but i'm thinking this year maybe trying for 75 mm-hmm. and then next year maybe trying for 100 oh and see it, seeing if i can do it so does having the quarantine and stuff like that help with that giving you more time because you're you're a father of two now so where do you find the time oh no no no! it's uh it's purely i read very little at home okay like when i'm at home i'm lucky if i get 20 minutes a day to read yeah but i think the it's like anything else it's developing the habit of ins- when you have the free time, mm-hmm. like typically I read at night before we go to bed instead of watching Netflix or instead of goofing around on my phone yeah. or instead of doing anything like that, I read. But where the real thing is, is so I made this rule for myself mm-hmm. uh, where I'm not allowed to watch movies on planes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, which is kind of ridiculous, but it's just <laughs> the, this rule that I've set for myself in order so that I could read more. And yeah. so living on the West coast and, all of our shows are all of our shows are in Florida. Like I pretty much read the whole flight, and because uh, maybe two years ago I took the speed reading class, mm-hmm. and like my my reading speed has just gone up exponentially. And it's not <laughs> some speed reading is like skimming, but that's not what this is. This is improving your comprehension and your speed. Yeah. So like my 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 reading speed has tripled, and depending on the material if it's really technical scientific stuff yeah uh i I have to go slower but for most of the stuff that i read i'm i'm reading anywhere between five and seven hundred words a minute which is pretty fast so that that is impressive that's pretty cool and you guys are in napa right because you guys i know that was covered on the total bellas the last season right so that's quite a long journey from there to florida yeah yeah and not (laughs) only that it's not like there's not a, a really close airport either yeah so so it's like there's driving time, which I get to listen to. I li- I like to listen to podcasts, but then, you know, once you go from Sacramento or San Francisco and you connect somewhere, I mean, you're traveling for like 10 hours. So that's yeah. a lot of good reading time. Yeah, no, it definitely adds up. Well, we do have a pay-per-view this weekend. You're facing Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. It's going to be a great match. The funny thing about this match is that we've been in this position before. Six years ago, Fastlane 2015, you faced Roman Reigns. Had you beaten him, you would have gone on to WrestleMania to be in the WWE title match. Almost the exact same situation six years later. How much different is this story from six years ago in terms of where you are obviously retired, you're back now, how does this compare to that initial war with Roman Reigns from 2015? Well, it, it's crazy because it somehow, even though despite the time, it seems somehow like a continuation. Mm-hmm. 
of what happened in 2015 uh, a little bit. You know, he's but he's much more established now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he hadn't main evented a WrestleMania yet. And now I think he's main evented four WrestleManias. Yeah. If uh, if he wouldn't have had to pull out last year with COVID, he'd, he'd have met main evented five WrestleManias. Mm -hmm. You know, so this will be this will be his fifth uh, WrestleMania main event. I haven't main evented a pay per view in two years, <laughs> <laughs> let alone a WrestleMania. You know, yeah. I, uh, main evented a WrestleMania since the one one time I did it, and you know, uh, <laughs> at WrestleMania 30, and so yeah. you know, it's it's different. It feels uh, it feels to me more like I'm the underdog in this one, yeah, uh, than than much more the underdog than I was before, and this one also feels like he's got a ton of momentum on the side. In a lot of people's eyes, he's the most interesting character in all of wwe and uh and as opposed to in the 2015 thing uh match at Fastlane, people weren't really sure what to make of him yet mm -hmm. you know what i mean so they weren't they weren't quite sure and now he's firmly entrenched in his role he knows exactly who he is as a as a performer and that sort of thing he doesn't take anybody's crap and mm -hmm. like and yeah i'm uh i'm excited i but this is actually the this is the match i've been looking forward to most Mm -hmm. since uh since i came back wow like i thought you know like when i when i come back there's a couple big matches that i that i want to really knock out of the park and at the top of the list is roman reigns i mean it just makes sense too this is a match i think not just yourself but i think everyone's been looking forward to you having for such a long time now as well as roman because this goes back to that same you know that rumble match you know that that 2015 right before fast lane with people wanting you to win Roman won instead, and it goes back six years, and the fact you guys have been able to kind of play off of that in recent weeks has been for just must-see television. And you mentioned the WrestleMania that you headlined six, seven years ago at this point, WrestleMania 30, um, how you kind of work your way into it, made it a triple threat, came out WWE champion. Is it harder to have moments like that when there's no fans in attendance? Because I know we have the Thunderdome, and it's a great atmosphere. Um, for a guy like Cesaro, for example, that's kind of in a similar position right now, where the fans would be behind, or actually, you know, Kofi Kingston. Kofi would be a perfect example from two years ago when the fans really rallied behind him. You were the perfect foil in that position, given your own story. Is it harder to have moments like that if it does turn into a triple threat at Mania without the fans in uh, attendance? Well, so, you know, what's, what's interesting is you don't know who has momentum, mm -hmm. right? You don't know who has real fan momentum. I mean, watching the show, you can kind of feel who does and who doesn't. Like, it'll be interesting to me. I mean, there's a lot of... Like, I'll, I'm very interested at WrestleMania, regardless if he's in the championship match or not, how the people react to Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. Because it's very likely, I think there's a good chance that he's going to get cheered, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> people, have wanted, people have wanted to boo him for years, and now they get a chance, and I wouldn't be surprised if they mostly cheer him, right? You know? So, like, you know, uh, another interesting one who I think has made a lot of strides in the last several weeks, in the last month, is Apollo Crews. Yeah. Who's been doing some really good stuff. And then also Cesaro, right? Mm -hmm. It'll be, I think Cesaro is kind of on a hot streak, and if we had, if we had fans there live, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Cesaro's chance would break out in the middle of the show and, yeah. and that sort of thing. But but that's the thing. You don't know. These are just guesses. Mm -hmm. And and I've been wrong with many guesses in the past, <laughs> as we all have. So, 
<laughs> so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I guess we'll find out because again, that same mania that you main evented, Cesaro had his moment earlier on in the show as well. So it can be kind of a similar situation, you know, seven years later, which is cool. But you mentioned Cesaro, you mentioned Apollo Crews. People are doing great work on SmackDown right now. And the cool thing about it, I think, is that you've always mentioned that SmackDown is like the show that you really want to take under your wing. Like we're going back six, seven years now. Like when you wanted to be Intercontinental Champion, really, you know, be the helm of the show. And now that's we're seeing that now, which is super cool. And you're one of the only people since you've been back that hasn't switched shows. You've firmly been on SmackDown, which is cool. Um, aside from the obvious, you mentioned Cesaro, Apollo Crews. We've heard rumors of Big E and how, you, how big of a fan you are of him, which is, again, no secret given how great he is as well. Is there anyone else in either SmackDown, Raw, or even NXT that you see as someone, whether they're not you know, at the level that you think they should be or someone that you think could be a bigger star down the road, that's like a, a Daniel Bryan guy, so to speak? Well, so it, it's it's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, it, there's there's people that I specifically think uh, are fantastic and want to wrestle, and and it's and it's hard to like not mention the other people, mm-hmm. right? So the, the there's this uh, dream match that I've always had that everybody just looks at me and like what. But that's only if they haven't seen him wrestle in Mexico, and that's Grand Metal League, yeah. right? Like that guy, that guy's awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Rumble, I was so stoked to be able to get it, it to get into it with Matt Riddle and mm-hmm. get into it a little bit with Ricochet. And I was a little bummed Keith Lee wasn't in the match because I would love to get into it with Keith Lee and that sort of thing. And so, like when, but you don't know who's who's going to really break through. I thought for a second last year, uh, Angel Garza was going to break through. Yeah. Like it felt like he had a lot of, a lot of momentum and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, and sometimes, sometimes things just don't work out, but I think, uh, it'll be interesting to see once we start getting, you know, more live crowds and all that kind of stuff. Who's really, who's really breaking through with the fans. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think in the last couple of years, it's cool because you kind of go back over the list of people that you've always wanted to have matches with. And we've seen that in the last couple of years, even when you were still active the first time around, like a Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles match is a match that fans probably never thought they would see. And we ended up getting that multiple times. Uh, you've gone on the record and saying you wanted to face Shinsuke Nakamura. Again, we've seen that match a couple of times back when you were IC champion, he was IC champion. Is there a match like that right now that you say to yourself, like an interpromotional match, for example, that you say to yourself, okay, this would be awesome. If all these companies were working together in an ideal world, this is a match I would want to have. Do you know, uh, the, so there's, I mean, there's, uh, there's a handful, I mean, tons, Yeah. but you know, Okada from the time, from the time I got to WWE until now, like he's gone from somebody that you didn't really know much about till, to one of the best wrestlers in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like, so, you know, obviously uh, somebody like that, I've actually wrestled Shingo, and Shingo's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at people from AEW, there's there's people that, like, I always loved, even in Ring of Honor, and I wasn't even 30 years old yet, but for whatever reason, <laughs> I was just like this veteran guy. So I, was, I wrestled uh, uh, Seth Rollins yeah. in one of his first big singles matches in Ring of Honor, and it was really the story of the veteran versus the young up and comer and that sort of thing. And I've always loved doing those kind of matches. So when you look at like the, uh, the AEWs or whatever it is, somebody like jungle boy or MJF or Darby Allen, right? Those guys are really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. When you look at NXT, he's not young, but I've always wanted to wrestle Kushida. 
mm-hmm. right? Like that guy's great. But I also like Kyle O'Reilly and I, I don't know if we've ever wrestled, but like, uh, I've always wanted to do a singles match with him because, and he's gotten so, so good, Yeah, you know, and, uh, Finn Balor and I have wrestled in, um, like on the independence, uh, maybe once or twice. I don't remember, but I'd love to do a, a match with him in WWE. I mean, there's just so many guys. The problem is, Guys are so good now, and I like wrestling so much. So once once you start naming names, then other names come up, right? And yeah, it's just right. Like this whole list of oh, uh, <laughs> in Ring of Honor, there's uh, a guy named Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, oh, he's fantastic. Just, yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. I'd love to wrestle Jonathan Gresham. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, th- there's there's all these there's all these great guys, but. So when people say that, uh, one of the things that I don't like about that is sometimes it minimizes, like, how many guys in WWE that I'd love to wrestle, right? And that's yeah. why I bring up, like, I've never wrestled Matt Riddle one-on-one. I've never rec- wrestled Ricochet one-on-one. I've wrestled Johnny Gargano one-on-one uh, before I came to WWE, but it was mostly like a comedy match where I got my pants pulled down and my butt was out for probably a full five minutes. <laughs> But like, you know, like a Kushida match, a Kyle O'Reilly match. I mean, there's so many great guys. You know, um, William Regal's son, Bailey Matthews, just debuted on NXT UK. Yeah. I would love to do a match with him. Mm -hmm. Right. Like uh, William Regal has helped me so much in my career. So like when I don't know, when you start talking about guys I want to wrestle, like I get really fired up. And there's all these names. And so it's just, you know, it's hard to limit it to just a few. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, just saying that, knowing how passionate you are about wrestling, just seeing, because like literally every year that goes by, the roster, not just in WWE, but everywhere of wrestlers, it just gets better and better in terms of pure amazing wrestlers out there does that make you reconsider your idea to because you know you've been saying lately this might be my rest my last wrestlemania which it could be does this make you reconsider your decision to retire knowing how many more people you can be working with well so it's it's not necessarily a decision to retire it's a decision to stop being a full-time wrestler okay and i don't and i don't think that uh i don't think that is going to change much Mm -hmm. you know although although you know maybe but i mean even now like uh, so this is a pay-per-view weekend, so I'll leave tomorrow. So I'm gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, come home Monday, get home about 2.30 p.m., right? Mm-hmm. So that's a full five days not being at home with my kids. and I really, really miss them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like to do that, and, th- you know, that's a pay-per-view weekend. Most weekends I'm gone for three days. So, like, I'll leave on a Thursday, I come home on a Saturday. But it's still like a full two and a half days or two and a half days where my, my wife is doing it a lot on her own, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And also like, uh, when I come back, I always want to be 100% present for my kids. And that becomes really hard when you're exhausted and doing cross country flights and all that kind of stuff every single week. And so like I do it and the really funny thing is, uh, so I hate coffee. (laughs) I never, I never drank coffee. I don't drink coffee either. Until we had our daughter. Oh, okay. And then it's become like a necessity. Mm-hmm. And even though I hate coffee, I can only drink cold brew because like cold coffee goes down faster, right? Yeah. But like I have to just coffee up on my drive home <laughs> because when I come home and the kids haven't seen me in, in two and a half days, yeah. I, I want them to see how excited I am to see them, right? Mm-hmm. And so like I need you, I want to come home with that energy for them. And I want to be as soon as I come home and, you know, our daughter is at that age where she has so much energy and she wants to play and she wants to go to the playground and all that kind of stuff. So I come home 
and uh, kiss my wife, kiss kiss our son, play with him a little bit, mm-hmm. give my daughter a big hug, and then okay, sweet girl, let's go play, right? Yeah. And I want to do that, and that as you get older, that energy comes hard, it gets harder and harder <laughs> to come by. <laughs> yeah, you talked about that in talking smack. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a that's just that's just one of the things is, you know. There's there's not many things that could make me stop wrestling. Yeah. But the one that made me really reconsider it was when my daughter said this, Dada, please don't go. Oh man. That's so heart-wrenching. And then all of a sudden it's just like, Oh God, you know (laughs) what I mean? And the, and the, the hard thing for me is I, you know, I do a lot of meditation and I I try to stay very present with stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But these moments when they're young goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the saying of the days are long, but the years are short is so true. Like, there are some days that feel like they take forever when you've got a crying baby and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. And you're just like, you know, but my daughter's turning four in May and it seems like it's gone by so fast. Yeah. And like soon, like she's at this point now where she's like, uh, mama dada can i sleep between you and you know and we can't do it we can't we don't do it much right (laughs) but there's going to be a time when she doesn't want that yeah exactly gotta take advantage of it yeah yeah and so it's like i want to experience all those things and be able to to do all that kind of stuff so so yeah that that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at the the issue is i don't want to say the issue the main thing is what is full time and what is not full time? Because mm-hmm. the lines are being blurred between that all the time. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's like, how how much do you want to leave the house? How much do you want to stay at home? Like, because there's also a part of me that like, because I'm so passionate about it and I get so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a part of me that thinks it's good for me to do it a decent amount because, like, you want to show your kids that you're excited about something, yeah. right? That you, that you have that. Like, I want to. I want my daughter and I want my son to see that their dad loves doing his work, that his work isn't like this, uh, I got a slog to work today. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want them to have that relationship to work. Yeah. Um, and so, and it, that they can do something that they love and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, it, it, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to think about. And we'd have not found, we, we don't have the answers. Yeah. <laughs> my wife and I are, yeah. are talking about it. It's you know, it's like we don't have the answers, and it might just be trial and error. Yeah. You know, to see how much is like a good balance between being home and then being able to go do this thing that I love so much. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. Uh, last question for you before I let you go, because I've always been fascinated. It's 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 great that you talk about that, because so much has changed since you initially retired five years ago. From you know the last Roman match that we had with you guys uh, five six years ago, from when you retired the first time, uh, you went on to become a commentator. You were SmackDown GM for a while. I think that period. People talk about your best matches and whatnot, but I think that period from when you were retired and on Talking Smack every week, you were doing the CWC commentary. You were the SmackDown GM. Was just a fascinating period because it really felt like there was no limits there to what you could do like you had no filter on, on talking smack and made for some amazing moments with you and Renee talking about tout and stuff like that um, you know you talked many many times about how close you were to leaving and going elsewhere if they weren't going to let you you know wrestle and obviously now that's the case how close were you to making that decision to going elsewhere could we have seen you in an AEW had things not gone the way that they did three years ago uh, well you know uh 
for sure. Like if they were not going to let me wrestle, I was for sure gone. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I had gotten, uh, cleared by so many doctors, you know, um, at that point and felt very, very confident in my ability to be able to wrestle. Uh, so I'm very thankful that that, uh, you know, the, the frustrate, the frustrating part, I don't want to say the frustrating part. The part that I'm disappointed in myself Mm -hmm. about is that I had a bad attitude about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I don't want to say I showed up to work with a bad attitude and I'm like, screw this place or (laughs) whatever. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But like I, as opposed to embracing it and really trying, like really trying to do my best work, Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of times I didn't. And it was just like, I showed up to work. Even if, even if I showed up with a smile on my face, I showed up with in in the back of my head thinking, man, I just want to get home. Like, I don't want to be here. Like, and it was really hard for me to watch other people do what I love up close and not be able to do it. Right. Yeah. Like the, the the worst one, the worst one was I had to sit ringside for a Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles match. And that was the one that broke me. Yeah. And that was the one that was just like, you know what? Because, like, I, you know, uh, AJ and I never at that point hadn't he hadn't come to WWE before I retired, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, and seeing those two guys go out there and they're both great and just being like, man, I should be in there doing this with these guys, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and it really, it really ate me up. And like, when I came, when I came home, it was just like, I think Bree from there saw like a kind of a different person as far as like striving, striving to prove because that was the thing I had to prove that that I was healthy mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, as opposed to proving that as opposed to them having to prove that I shouldn't be able to wrestle. It's yeah. me having to prove and, and given the circumstances, that's the absolute right, right tact that they should have taken. Right. Like, Hey, this guy's lied to us about his history of concussions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, exactly. You know, like you know, I can't. You know, I hate. You know, <laughs> I, I, you. I, uh, I have really tried not to like to make my to even in my own internal dialogue to not make myself the victim in that scenario, right? Because yeah. the reality is, you know, you're a billion dollar company. Like, hey, this guy's lied to you about a very serious thing. <laughs> like, how how can you trust him, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, and uh, the nice thing is, is that for the most part, besides that lie mm-hmm. i've been mostly pretty honest with them on everything else yeah. <laughs> that's good <laughs> so so i think i've i've earned i've i've earned a lot of trust and then you know uh they go through pretty strict protocols with me you know after every match uh to make sure that i'm healthy and all that kind of stuff so yeah. so yeah but yeah i was i was so that's the thing i was really disappointed in about myself is just that i didn't have a better attitude about it and i think about that more now as a parent as far as like if my daughter was in the same situation how would i guide her right what would i want her to do Mm -hmm. or vice versa what would what would me from 10 years later tell myself like hey you need to you need to not have such a bad attitude go to work some of these people you're not going to see ever again you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like from the time i got cleared you know there were a lot of people that you know i never got to see again you know and and they saw they saw bad attitude brian instead of good attitude brian you know and you don't want that Mm -hmm. so um so yeah so those are 
those are just some of the things. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome, dude, and I really appreciate that. It, it's been cool to see you back in the ring the last couple of years. Like I said, even during that period, your stuff on Talking Smack was fantastic, and we're seeing that again now with you and Heyman and people like that. It's amazing. But Fastlane, coming up on Sunday, you and Roman Reigns, Universal Championship. It's going to be fantastic. Brian, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate this. Yep, thank you very much, Graham. Thanks again to Brian for the time. Like I said earlier, that was a really fun conversation. He gave me more time than I was anticipating, so I thought that was super cool. But now we transition now over to my conversation with Mr. Marceau, talking all things Fastlane and Raw, WWE Hall of Fame. But Mr. Marceau, brother, you got the wedding coming up in two days. Uh, As we speak right now, actually a day from when this goes up, what's going on, dude? How are you? I'm feeling good. Feeling uh, fresh, feeling giddy. I'm excited, a little nervous, but uh, I'm ready. It's like walking out there for the main event of WrestleMania. You're pumped for it, and by the time you know it, it's going to be all over. So enjoy it while it lasts. I will. (laughs) I'll be pulling in at uh, at 5.40. Even though it starts at 5.30, I'll be pulling in at 5.50, making a last-minute comeback. But, no, I'll be there there on time. Brought my dancing shoes. They're already packed in the car. So I'm good to go. I'm pumped for Friday. And uh, who's making the music choices here? Is it your brother-in-law? Who's making the music choices here? I already picked the music. Is it you and Molly? Was it the brother-in-law? Who is it? Me and Molly. Okay, because sometimes they leave it up to the family, and the family doesn't do a good job. I trust Dennis, but I, so you, you never know with some of these people. Yeah, we picked the music, so it should be good. Okay, good, good. I'll, I'll be ready, and I'll be uh, I'll be ready, willing, and gable for the music uh, choices on Friday. But, Mr. Marceau, we got to get to some stuff here between Raw and Fastlane. We're doing this before Dynamite and NXT. Um, so we do got some stuff to get to, but before we address any of that, there's a lot of Hall of Fame news coming out of the last couple days, two confirmed inductions as of this afternoon, and then one other one being rumored. Uh, let's talk about the ones that are confirmed though. Great Khali is WWE Hall of Fame bound, and then I'm not sure if you saw this one, you probably did, it was made official about an hour ago. The Big Red Monster Kane is also going into the WWE Hall of Fame. The WrestleMania 23 match between the two is now between two WWE Hall of Famers. Uh, Did you see the Kane news? Yeah, I I assume that you did. Yeah, I did, I saw that. Um, You texted me about the Great Khali, I just laughed, I mean... I guess he's... I I mean, I don't think he's really Hall of Fame worthy, but... Gotta get that India market some uh, love, so made sense in that aspect, I guess. And I mean, Kane, one of the best big men of all time. I mean, his main run basically was when I was watching from '03 till I mean now. So um, I mean, can't say enough about him. I think everyone loves Kane. I mean, he was always one of those characters that everyone liked, and even when he was a bad guy or a good guy, he was just always that great demon character. So great to see Kane going in. Yeah, I'm super pumped to see Kane going to the Hall of Fame. It's well overdue, and I assume they were waiting until he was done as a full-time performer. Um, and I assume he is. He was in the Rumble this year, but before that, he hadn't wrestled a formal match for the company since, like, 2018, I think. So it's been a long time. Glad he's going in. Um, did you see the video where Taker broke the news to him that he was going into the Hall of Fame? I did not. Oh, my God. It's a tearjerker. Kane starts crying. Every one of these people, when they found out they're going into the Hall of Fame, Bischoff, Molly Holly... Uh, they all started tearing up. There's no Kali video, so I, I can only imagine what his reaction was. But yeah, great Kali is going into the Hall of Fame. Hey, former World Heavyweight Champion. Won the Battle Royal on SmackDown like 14 years ago. Why wouldn't he be in the Hall of Fame? Punjabi Playboy, why not? Hey, the creator of the Punjabi Prison match. Oh my god, such a bad match. <laughs> that match was terrible. The Batista match was awful. I think Orton and... 
Big Big Show and Taker sucked too. And Kali wasn't even in it. Um, but then Orton and, and Jinder was even worse. Somehow even worse. Maybe I'd have to go back and watch. But they were all terrible. Yeah, you know what? He seems like a nice guy, but at the same time, everyone goes into the fucking Hall of Fame eventually. Everyone else, I think, is well-deserved. Molly Holly should have been in years ago. Bischoff, years ago. Kane, seems like the right time. Um, for Kali, who cares? But, you know, they put fucking... What's the what's the bottom of the barrel here? Not a, not Abdul the Butcher. Oh, God. Um, they inducted him like, oh, Coco Beware. That's always like the standard, oh, if Coco Beware can go in, what about the great Kali? So... You know what? It's not even worth arguing. Another rumored inductee, which I'm surprised he wasn't introduced today, but maybe soon. Uh, that being Rob Van Dam, former WWE star, Impact star, ECW star, obviously. Another guy that I'm, I'm surprised it's taking them this long to induct him. But again, they usually only induct people after their inuring career is definitely over. And um, I mean, again, he's wrestled for Impact in the last couple of years. He hasn't been in WWE since 2014, I think. So it's been a long time. Um, but yeah, not too, too surprising, but I'm happy to see him going as well. I think it's long overdue. Yeah, the whole effing show. I mean, it's nice to see him go in. Big, uh, big fan of RVD. Um, he had a great run back in the early 2000s with Eddie, uh, Jericho, Jeff Hardy. I mean, they had a lot of great matches, Undertaker. Um, so, great to see him going in. I mean, seems like his last impact work well, probably wasn't the greatest, but uh, it's nice to see him going. He's probably one of those... Right before the Ruthless Aggression era, guys, it should have went in that one-night stand match from the first ECW one-night stand will always... That'd probably be his crowning moment. I mean, him winning the belt against Cena, that hostile crowd. I mean, nothing better than that. So great to see RVD, too, if he goes in. As long as Katie Forbes is not doing the induction ceremony, the induction speech, I'm completely content with that. Um, but one last question on the RVD front. What's the better theme song, one of a kind, or the whole effing show, Rob Van Dam? Oh, Easily one of a kind. Oh, thank God. For some reason, I thought you were going to say the TNA theme. I love the TNA theme, but it sucks. And, like, in theory, I just like, I just like it just to troll you because you hate it. That song is so bad. I hate that music. He ended up changing it later on in his Impact run, like, last year. But, yeah, God, I fucking hate that song. But, yeah, cool to see him go in if it is indeed true. And I wouldn't be surprised, too, because I think... I was going to say he was the only one of the icons specials that isn't inducted obviously yokozuna is in beth is in already luger is not bulldog will be this year posthumously obviously and then now rvd probably so it would make sense if he's going in this year could you see a luger induction happening this year i think it's long overdue too i'm honestly shocked that he's not in either yeah it's possible um i mean i haven't really seen much of his work i mean i know he was a big deal in the 90s but uh i mean it's definitely possible yeah, I could see that happening as well. Just to tie in with the icon stuff. And I think the next episode drops on Sunday with Beth Phoenix. So I know you probably won't be watching that one after the Yokozuna one was so good. But, you know, I'll be, I, I watch all this stuff. But, uh, you know, that one should be good too. Let's get into Fastlane from Sunday. Pretty much the pay-per-view that we all expected it would be going into it. Uh, not completely terrible. Uh, did you watch the pay-per-view on the network or the Peacock uh, app? I watched it on the network because I started late and I couldn't, like, yeah. I couldn't bad to begin and start watching the network oh i'm hoping they would add that feature soon i mentioned that before wwe made some sort of reference to that on twitter on sunday saying they'll address all the issues in the future i don't know if they'll that'll be up by wrestlemania but i, I would hope so we'll see if not either gotta watch it live or just be content watching it in the middle of it if you tune in late or just watch it the next day i guess but yeah no i watched it on the network too my my service is still running as of now as of last night it's still up and 
still up and running, but it might be canceled the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, no, I thought this was a decent show overall. We'll go start to finish here with what went down, including the kickoff show, seeing Riddle uh, defeating Mustafa Ali, uh, Mustafa Ali to retain the United States Championship, and more importantly, the dissolution of Retribution afterwards, which there was no follow-up on whatsoever with Raw the next night. Now, Ali went on Twitter yesterday, on Tuesday, saying that, no, I don't need surgery in the foreseeable future, thanks, or whatever. Doesn't mean he's not injured, but I guess he's not getting surgery. But it would make sense if he is hurt, because one, they did it at fucking Fastlane, and two, I mean, why would you do it at WrestleMania? Who cares? But two, there was no follow-up on Raw, when you would expect there to be follow-up, and we see, you know, the, the, the other members of Retribution address it or whatever. So, your thoughts on the match, if you caught it, Mr. Marceau, even if he didn't, I assume he didn't because he was on the kickoff show, uh, what were your thoughts on the, finally, the breakup of Retribution? Yeah, I didn't see the match. I have better shit to do in my life than watch the kickoff show, but uh, <laughs> I, did, I will say I was, no, I wouldn't say pleasantly surprised, but I was surprised that they finally broke up Retribution. I feel like this was uh, something they'd run until eventually it was dead. I think it was dead probably the week after they debuted, but they, they tried their best to make this group something, and it, it obviously didn't work out. Hopefully, all these people go back to their original names and become real people, not these stupid characters, and like you said, they weren't even on Raw, so it'll be interesting to see what happens from here, but uh, yeah, it, it's better that the group's broken up. It's not like one of those things they're better together. They're just a bunch of goofs that some comedy writer thought was a good idea, and Vince okayed, because it... it it was dead before they even started. It was one of those things didn't have a chance to get over. People crapped on it right away, and rightfully so. But these guys are all better by their original names and NXT uh, personas than these scary, goofy, mask-wearing people. So what do you think of the ceiling for successes for all these people? We have Mia Yim, Dominic Dijakovic, Shane Thorne, and Dio Madden. Would you see all four of these people staying on the main roster? Would Dio go back to NXT, Shane Thorne? What do you see happening to each individual? Um, I mean, I like, I like Mia Yam. I, I, I think she'll probably just be like, she kind of be like the Natalia role if Natalia ever moved on. Like a good, widely veteran, but nothing like too serious. I like her, but I just don't think they see her at that level. Uh, I feel like Dominic Dijakovic could be uh, like a mid-card guy, U.S. champion, Intercontinental champion guy. Dio Madden, I mean, I, I, I'm not too impressed with him, so I would send him back down to NXT. And then... Shane Thorne, I just put him on 205 Live or main event or NXT. I feel like he has, he just has just kind of generic call. He's like a generic call, so mm-hmm. he's not too, not too, uh, I'm trying to think of saying he's, he's just another guy. Yeah. No, I agree. I think all four, all four of them are good. Um, some better than others. Dijakovic, I, I agree with your entire assessment. I think Dijakovic could be on Raw right now in the U.S. title picture and, uh, you know, I think he would do well. The thing is, though, is that Raw already has a lot of talent, so I say that. But then they can't find a proper WrestleMania match for AJ Styles. You still have, you know, I guess Riddle's doing something right now, but, like, Morrison's floundering, Ricochet's floundering, Ali is floundering. There's people that don't even get TV time. You know, Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo, the list goes on and on and on. They have a ton of talent on Raw, but they just don't have the slightest clue what to do with any of them. Um, on the actual show, we saw the women's tag team titles defended. Shayna and Nia beating Sasha and Bianca. Match was what it was. Sasha slapped the shit out of Bianca afterward. So that was nice. The actual match was forgettable. Has the build to this match, I mean, this probably goes without saying, has the build to Sasha and Bianca so far underwhelmed, in your opinion, Mr. Marceau? Uh, I don't know if I'd say underwhelmed, but it just wasn't the right 
course of action. I, I just we discussed this last week or pretty much every week whenever they do this silliness. Um, they they just need to stop doing the like team people that are feuding on a team that face the tag team champions and then eventually like they tease tension and they break off. It's just stupid. Um, that's basically what this match was. At least now we have a babyface in a heel dynamic with Sasha clearly being the heel slapping uh, Bianca after the match. But it just was kind of throwaway was what it was. I, I mean, everyone kind of saw where it was going. Um, the tag titles mean nothing anyway, so not like it was a big deal. But at least now we know who the babyface and heels are. Um, should be a good match. So I, I, this match here was whatever, but at least it kind of got the dynamic we were looking for, and I guess that's a positive. Yeah, I agree. It helped get them to where they needed to go. It was just a giant waste of time. We could have had this a month ago. I mean, they already went for the tag titles, Elimination Chamber, and, and Banks got pinned there too. You could have just had this happen after that match and then just move on with the bill. That's exactly what they should have done. But you got to put a match on Fastlane because we have a pay-per-view before WrestleMania because why the hell not? And again, I completely understand this had to be like a test run for Peacock. But couldn't you have done something like, I don't know, Roadblock was like five years ago when they had, it was a network special, but it wasn't a pay-per-view. Like, that's really what this show should have been. But anyway, uh, we had Biggie and Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental Championship. One of the matches I was looking forward to the most on the show. Unfortunately, I thought this did disappoint. Not because of the performers themselves, but they were only given five minutes, which is absolutely nothing. We've seen longer matches from them on SmackDown. So that's one thing. The finish sucks. Biggie winning didn't even really bother me because I think I think Cruz should and will probably win the title at some point. Um, and he got his heat back afterward. That's fine. But I really thought this was lame. The finish was not well executed, and the actual match was way too short to really be anything out of the ordinary. Um, do you have any thoughts on the match itself? Um, it was what it was. I mean, this has been a decent feud on SmackDown, but, I mean, it was just what it was. I don't know. I like Apollo, but, like, this whole Nigerian thing doesn't really do too much for me. I like Big E, but uh, it was just like a decent match because the finish was kind of shitty. And just, uh, I really don't know where you go from here. Are they going to do it again at WrestleMania? I, I, I hope not. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I mean, they're obviously continuing the feud. If you don't do this one-on-one at WrestleMania, what would you do? Uh, I mean, they were telling us on SmackDown that, I mean, don't really have a place right now, so you could do like a multi-man match or, I mean, they have two nights, so maybe they could do it again. I'm not sure. Add someone in. But, uh, I don't know. Not the biggest fan of the feud. I, I think the feud's been great so far. Yeah, I just don't really care for Like, I like Biggie and I like Apollo, but I'm not head over heels that I'm, like, that invested in it. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, Braun Strowman and Elias took place instead of Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon, which, of course, you knew wasn't going to fucking happen. We didn't even talk about it last week because I was going off the matches on Wikipedia, and it wasn't advertised. I think because WWE took it off, at advertising, off its advertised card, so... It didn't happen, nor should it have. It shouldn't happen in the first place, but you knew they were going to save it till WrestleMania. Uh, it was a bait and switch. Braun beat Elias in a matter of minutes. Honestly, dude, who the fuck could possibly care? Yeah, I mean, I like Braun Strowman. I think that's pretty well known. And this whole Shane, Elias, Braun Strowman thing, it's just so stupid. No pun intended. I just, he just gets mad at Shane because Shane calls him stupid. And I, I like Shane as well. Uh, I've been on record saying I like Shane. I just... When did Shane McMahon become, like, the biggest badass of all time? Like, he's bumping Braun around, making him look like a goof, but Elias, who's twice the size of him, is getting killed by Braun. I just, I like Shane, I've always kind of, like, let that slide, but he's, like, always somehow, like, competitive with big people, and, like, he's just a normal-looking guy, so, uh, it is what it is, it's just kind of give Braun a match, and, I mean, I think he'll win at WrestleMania, but this whole feud's just been 
so stupid. And him wearing the stupid Express t-shirt, like, I don't care. Yeah, they explained that on Raw this week with, I think actually Braun, Simmons, Braun Strowman said on Raw Talk, he was saying that he got bullied as a kid for being dyslexic, oh, and he doesn't like yeah. being called stupid, so literally, dude, the premise of this rivalry is that Braun does not like being called stupid, so he'll get slimed or something, I mean, I don't know, I mean, what I, I was thinking when I saw this clip on Twitter um, after Raw on Monday, how the fuck... Does Braun Strowman go from being one of the most over guys in the company in early 2017, even early 2018, to then running around the ring to fucking choo-choo noises? (laughs) How does this happen, bro? I know, I heard that. I mean, (laughs) it doesn't really bother me. It is really stupid, but I mean, (laughs) I guess it goes with his character. (laughs) I guess. Like I said, he, he, he was so hot and they just didn't pull the trigger on him. And then he was just always the guy that couldn't win when it mattered most. Basically, like Bray Wyatt before Bray Wyatt actually won something. And mm-hmm. he had so much momentum and people were behind him. And then they turned him heel against Roman and then failed to cash in. And then since then, it's been an absolute spiral downhill. And they seem like they're good. Like, he won the Universal Championship. Like, had, I don't even say it a good reign, but like, at least he was champion, then lost it. And then he hasn't done anything since. So it is what it is. I just feel like they like see him as a big deal, but like, even, like, Kane and Big Show, like, they never really were champion that much, and I guess they kind of see him in that same kind of light. Like, he's a big man. He'll win some titles here and there, but he'll never be, like, a focal point, and it's kind of sad because, like I said, at one point he was pretty over back in 2018. When are we going to see the shoot interview with Braun where he says, I'm going to uh, AEW because I wasn't pushed at a top level and I wasn't champion enough times like Big Show? Eh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think WWE has him under wraps. I mean... I don't think he'll leave. He's still on TV and doing something. I mean, obviously it's kind of stupid, but it's also with Shane McMahon. He's also on the older side. He's 37, so I mean, I don't know how much longer his career will be. So, well, so I mean, they, I mean, AEW signs everyone over 40, so maybe in a couple of years he'll sign there. But I mean, it is what it is. Like I said, it's something to put him on the show, but it's nothing amazing. Yeah, no. I mean, I was just joking about that, but it is just amazing to see his downfall from where he was even just a couple of years ago to where he is now. And again, I know he, he closed out Mania last year, not closed out, but he was universal champion coming out of WrestleMania night one for WrestleMania 36. And now he's just a loser. The choo-choo noises are awful. Like it's not just bad for him. It's just bad for the show. It was just, it was really bad. So anyway, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins. It seemed like you really, really liked this match. To me, it never really quite reached the level that I thought it could have. But I did enjoy it for what it was. It was a good match. You had to know Rollins was going to win. No, nothing wrong with that. Um, it was just a good, solid wrestling match. Probably could have been a lot better maybe five years ago uh, when, when Nakamura might have been a bit more motivated. But I still thought this was enjoyable, though, and served its purpose in setting up, very likely, Cesaro and Rollins for WrestleMania. Yeah, no, I thought this was a good match. I mean, like you said, I don't think it got to, like, the great, like the next gear to be a great match, but that was a really good match on this show, and I like Rollins, and Shinsuke's starting to kind of refurbish his career a little bit as a babyface, so I thought it was a good match. Uh, Rollins winning, I don't think, was ever in doubt, but it was a good match, and, and Rollins seems to be going after Cesaro going to WrestleMania, so that should be a good match without any titles online, and should be on one of those beginning of one of those nights of WrestleMania will be a great, it would be a good, great match. I hope so. I hope so. Cause it, it should be a great match. And I think it's an awesome opportunity for uh Cesaro to break through. And again, maybe not be main eventer, but I could see him getting a title shot against Roman. And maybe that's why they didn't do it at the elimination chamber pay-per-view. 
uh, the way that we all thought they would. Uh, if the match does happen, and it very likely will, what do you do with um, Cesaro and Rollins? Do you have Cesaro win? And again, we'll talk about this more as it gets closer, but I think there's a pretty good chance Cesaro wins, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's a good chance. I mean, it, dep- it all kind of depends on what happens with Roman Edge and Brian. I mean, if, if, if you have... If, you have Bri- if, if Brian gets instilled in the match and, and Brian wins, you could do Brian and Seth kind of... They had some tension a couple weeks ago, so they could do that if, if Seth wins. Or if Roman retains... You could do Roman and Cesaro. So, I, I mean, I feel like whoever wins that match can kind of, not telegraph, but it, it, whoever wins this match can kind of foreshadow who will win the main event, depending on what who's in it. But um, that's kind of the direction I would go in. If, if Brian somehow won, I would do him and Seth next. And then if if, if Cesaro won, I'd have him and Roman next, if that if that if that how that's how it went out. Yeah, no, that would make sense. They, they have a couple different options coming out of the show because that universal title match is also pretty unpredictable, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, McIntyre and Sheamus, I think I liked... It was, it was like, reversed, I think. I, I liked McIntyre and Sheamus more than I liked Rollins and Nakamura, and you were kind of the other way around. I still thought this was a great match. We got it twice already on Raw, which was a mistake, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it, and I thought uh, both guys went out there, had a great match, beat the shit out of each other, no holds barred, and... Uh, you know, again, McIntyre winning was really no surprise, but him winning was the right call. And, uh, yeah, again, it was really just kind of what I expected to be. I just thoroughly enjoyed this for what it was. No, I thought it was good. I, I just, the one thing was there to give it away twice on Ross. It was kind of, it was what it was. It was a good match, but they've already done it twice. The specialness of the match kind of wasn't there. And, I mean, we, how many no DQ false carnival matches have we seen lately? It's just kind of been done to death as well. So I don't think that really helped them. I think if they just had like a hard hitting affair, probably would have come off better than this no DQ false count anywhere kind of stipulation. But for what it was, it was good. I just, like I said, it's the third match they've had and we've seen no DQ false count anywhere. No holds barred like 10 matches in the last month. So it's kind of <laughs> at this point. Yeah, no, that's understandable. They already had a no DQ match on raw too. That was the part that didn't make any sense, but they should have just saved it for this pay-per-view. That was probably my biggest issue with this, but I still thought it was one of the better matches on the entire show. Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton. Obviously not much of a match. Cinematic bullshit, but again, wasn't expecting a real match, so I wasn't really disappointed by this. I've enjoyed this feud more than most. I think it's dragged on way longer than it should. Um, That's really been my biggest problem with this. And you also brought up a problem that you addressed to me over text and tweeted out right after the pay-per-view. And I completely agree. That Orton has not gotten the upper hand whatsoever in this feud. He beat The Fiend at TLC. He's helping put these guys over... Um, by having him, you know, go over, not, not go over, but like having them look strong at every turn. But at a certain point, what happens every week, it just makes for boring TV. It doesn't make me look at The Fiend and Alexa as being more dominant or intimidating or whatever. It just makes me think that Orton's a loser. And again, I know he's already established, but you want to go into that a little bit more before we go into The Fiend return and all that other stuff, why this feud has worked and why it hasn't in those kind of certain ways? Yeah, I, I tweeted it out and texted you out there. I just feel like if this was like a one or two month program and like this happened with the Fiend in like in like February, and then they start they kept doing it from there, then okay, maybe it's like okay, Randy beat him in February, burn him alive, have him come back in March. Like he's been kind of been screwed with Alexa in the meantime. It's been only a few weeks. Fiend comes back, need WrestleMania, but it's been since fucking mid December. I mean, since that point, Randy's been looking like an idiot because yeah, he beat the Fiend at TLC. Yeah, he burned him. But, like, Alexa's been getting the better of him this whole time. It's been almost two to three months at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. But I, I just think he looks like, like you said, like looks like a loser. They've done this stupid 
black goo coming out of his mouth like a thousand times. It's, I mean, been there, done that. The match, I mean, was what it was. I mean, the flames at the beginning, like, where did those come from? Like, they just can't change the camera angle. All of a sudden, flames are flying at him. Alexa looks up in the ceiling. A fucking lighting tower falls in front of him. She throws another fireball at him. I mean, a lot of smoke and mirrors, cinematic stuff, like you said. It just uh, kind of fell flat. Randy never got her hands on her, and she never really put her hands on him. And it, it is what it is. I just... It's been to the point. I I like all three people involved. I just it's done the point. I just don't care anymore. It's getting to that point. I'm I'm glad WrestleMania is a couple of weeks away because I don't know how much longer I can do this. Yeah, we got to move on from this stuff. It's been going on since like October or November, whenever they started the feud when uh, the Fiend came to Raw. And again, I've enjoyed parts of it more than most. I think the Black Goo has been stupid. Um, but yeah, just it, it, it's it's felt like the same thing week after week. I like the setup for the Mania match on Raw at the end of the show. I thought that was well done. And honestly, again, I saw a lot of memes going on around. I, I saw a lot of memes going on around about it, but I thought the Fiend look looked awesome. I thought I think the new Fiend look looks really cool. So uh, that was just me. He's like burned alive. And again, it's exactly what we texted after uh, we both watched the show. What do people expect? Like, was he going to come back looking exactly the same after being burned alive three months ago? I would hope not, because you know if that happened, you'd have even those same people would be complaining. So like. Those are people who just don't like The Fiend and don't care what they do with him. They're just going to shit on it regardless. I thought it was cool. And I think the new look, I don't know if he's going to keep it or what, but I think it's an awesome new look for The Fiend personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I we texted via, we did this via text as well. I just, people right away after they saw it, they were just completely crapping on it. But in theory, what they want them to be to come back like reincarnated, the regular Fiend? Like, they had to do something or just... It would have been so WWE if he came back with just Bray Wyatt again or The Fiend or just like... And it made sense that he came back like charred or burned because, I mean, the last time we saw him, that's what happened. But sometimes they would just like kind of forget that happened and he'd just come back alive and be like, oh, his powers, he's the same again. So, I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, it definitely is a new scarier look. I mean, I didn't hate that. I know a lot of people just like trolled on Twitter. And like you said, I think it's those people that just don't like Bray Wyatt. So it's just, they're going to immediately just crap on it. But I, I thought it was a decent look. I mean, makes sense. I just need this uh, feud to wrap up. Hopefully at WrestleMania and we can move on. It's got to be a cinematic match, right? <laughs> I hope I hope so. I don't need to see a WrestleMania 33 again, <laughs> especially if they do this kind of same kind of foolishness they did it with him and Alexa. I mean, please be... I mean, I'm not even a big cinematic fan, but with these two, please. But the thing- I, I like the feud. I just think him as an in-ring wrestler just bores people to tears, and I can see why. The thing is, though, is that if they do... Even the Alexa Orton stuff on Sunday, I don't hate because they rely on a lot of, like, editing tricks and shit like that. It doesn't really bother me because... Maybe just because I think they're doing a good job of making the most of the current circumstances and the fact there's no fans. You can't do that shit if there's fans. With the lighting structure, you can't do that stuff if there's fans there. They can't do that at WrestleMania. So if you hated what we got on Sunday, I think it would be even worse if we got an actual match, a la WrestleMania 33. So I, I hope that God it's going to be cinematic. I think it will be cinematic. Um, but The Fiend's got to win. I mean, Orton lost. This is the weird thing, dude, is that you would think Orton gets killed every single week that he's probably winning the match, but he already beat The Fiend to TLC. So I don't know. Do you, like, What do you see as being the end game for all of this? I mean, it's gonna if it's a cinematic match, there's no, like, I guess, technically loser or winner. So, I mean, you could technically have Bray Wyatt win, but it's not like he's, like, pinning Orton clean as a sheet. Mm. I mean... Like with Cena. I just, like, like we said, he's been beaten at every... He's been beat to every punch this last couple months. I mean, 
to the point I don't even like he doesn't he's not even really a threat anymore because he's being teased around by a little girl for the last three months. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I've enjoyed it on the whole. Um, it definitely jumped the shark for me in the sense that it's dragged on a little long, but we'll see what they have in store for it. I'm hoping we get a Firefly Funhouse type match. I don't know if it'll be the exact same thing, but I would like to see something along those lines. Uh, so we get to Raw for Monday. We already kind of covered part of it, but a couple new matches made. Were you surprised to see Bad Bunny and Miz announced one-on-one as opposed to the tag team match with Morrison and Priest? Yeah, I'm pretty surprised. I mean, they haven't had Priest on the show in a little while, so maybe maybe he has the vid. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what we all thought was going to happen, and now they're doing him and Bad Buddy one-on-one. I, I mean, it is what it is. Um, should It's kind of going to be like that's more of a celebrity match. I'm not I'm totally against it. I'm not a huge Miz fan, but, I mean, I guess Bad Bunny's good for business, and it's just be like a celebrity match on the card. I mean, it's definitely no Floyd May with a big show, but... Uh, uh, it'll, be, it'll probably be better than Schnooky from uh, WrestleMania 27. I know that's one of your favorite songs. <laughs> that's trash. <laughs> but I think it'll be fine. I, the guy's athletic enough. I think he could. They can make it work. And I think Miz can walk him through him some some stuff, and it'll be fun. it'll be passable. So may, maybe the, Morris will come out and Priest will kind of cut him off at that point, and I don't know. But like I said, I haven't seen Priest on Raw in a little bit as well, so I'm not sure what. What's going on with him? Well, and he was on Raw last week. He beat Jackson Riker, but, I mean, he could have been... I mean, I, I don't know. Charlotte wasn't on Raw the last two weeks, and she confirmed that she had COVID. Uh, not to say that Priest does have it, but I just thought it was weird they're not doing a singles, and they're not doing a tag team match. So, I guess we'll see. They could always change it, too, you know, if he comes back. He wasn't even on the show this week was the weird thing, like you said. Like, Morrison was. Um, Priest was not. So, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, I was a little surprised by that. We are getting a Raw Women's Championship match in Mania. Asuka is back, obviously. She returned last week. We know it's going to be Asuka versus the debuting Rhea Ripley. She showed up on Monday after Asuka beat Peyton Royce, and she outright challenged Asuka, and Asuka confirmed it's going to be Asuka Ripley one-on-one first time ever at the pay-per-view. I think this is the best thing they could have done. They could do a triple threat with Charlotte, who Rhea said had COVID, which she does. Uh, Andrade noted on Twitter that you know, she'll be back within the next couple of days or that she'll be good to go in the next couple of days. So your thoughts on the match and is there still a possibility we could see Charlotte added a la WrestleMania 35 when that was a triple threat too? Yeah, I mean, I liked Rhea coming out and put her on the prominent right away uh, with the uh, with the tag, with the her against Asuka. I think that's great. I mean, I think I think it's going to be her, Charlotte, and Asuka. I mean, if Charlotte can come back soon, I don't see them not putting her on the show. So, I, I see Charlotte coming back in if if she's ready in time. Then you can just do you can have her. I would have Rhea win. I mean that's that's a slam dunk. I'd ever beat Oscar, and then you can go down the line do her and Charlotte one on one and say like you didn't beat me and I, I beat you last year at WrestleMania. Like you can't yeah. beat me. Like that's kind of storyline. So I'd probably say that the SummerSlam that'd be a pretty good SummerSlam match Charlotte versus uh, Rhea. But uh, we'll see. But I think regardless what the match is, I think Rhea leaves with a new women's champion. Yeah, I think so as well. I think to have her lose back-to-back years would be dumb. Not to say they haven't done this before, but I think, you know, she has so much potential to have her lose two years in a row would be stupid. Um, Even if she wins it the next night, for God's sake. She's got to win at a WrestleMania because that's what people are going to watch. So I agree. Uh, Last couple things before we wrap up here, dude. Andrade officially released from WWE on Sunday. We talked a lot about Andrade last week, the lost potential there. Alistair Black 2. 
Were you surprised to see that he officially got his release from the company? And what are your thoughts? And again, we already talked about this last week, but he has no day. He has no 90 day non-compete clause, so he could really go anywhere he wants, I guess, imminently. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't too surprised. I mean, to a point I am surprised, but I mean, it's one of those things I understand that like, I just don't really understand if someone says they want their release and you're not using them. Just like clearly, you don't see them as a commodity. So then, why wouldn't you just release them? So clearly, maybe maybe that's what they finally realized. But I mean, if they really thought this person was a game changer, they'd be featuring them on TV. I mean, that's kind of common sense. So I feel like they just let him go cause to them, or at least Vince or whoever whoever just doesn't think he's a game changer. So they just let him go. It is what it is. So I mean, I don't know where he goes next, but. I mean, that, that's how I would think. If, if someone doesn't want to work for you and they want their release and you don't think they're a big deal, then you just let them go. So. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm, I'm glad they let him go. And I don't know if Charlotte factored into it at all in terms of like, you know, they don't want heat with her because she's still with the company. I don't really know, but I'm glad they let him go. And the fact that he's still able to use the Andrade name is kind of cool. I don't know if he will, but it seems like he will because he changed his Twitter and it's still Andrade El Idolo. It's not Andrade WWE, but um, it is Andrade El Idolo. And he still has it in his Twitter name. So that tells me he might be using the name after all, which would be smart because people know La Sombra, but, you know, it's like the John Moxley thing, but it's a little different because he can actually use, he can actually use the, um, you know, Andrade name. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, last two things. McIntyre beat the Hurt Business on Monday. Andrade, or not Andrade, Alexander and Benjamin will not be at ringside of WrestleMania. Uh, but then Bobby Lashley went to the main event locker room. I'm not talking about the main event tours. I'm talking about the locker room of the show main event where Ricochet was there, Carrillo, Garza, a couple other people, Drew Gulak, and said, any one of you that steps up and takes out McIntyre will get a WWE title shot. Do you see this going anywhere? Is this how they incorporate Ricochet into Raw? Like, I mean, these are all losers, so why? where is this going? I honestly have no idea. I could see, like, a bunch of losers like you said, like Grulak or like Carrillo or one of those other guys, like maybe trying to attack him backstage and Drew just beats their ass. And then maybe you can just do a match with him and Ricochet, get Ricochet kind of back on Raw. But besides that, I mean, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Is McIntyre going to run the gauntlet and beat all the stars of superstars from back in the day and all the losers who fight over the 24-7 championship? Who cares? Uh- <laughs> Last thing for you, Mr. Marceau, I saw this today, and I'm thinking, why didn't they do this sooner? This is a bit random, but WWE Shop, apparently, they redesigned the website, and not only that, but they're announcing a rewards program, where if you buy a shirt, you you get points, you know, shit like that. For every dollar you spend is a point, okay? So, and, and you get 50 points for signing up, and every 100 points earns you five bucks, for someone who bought a lot of t-shirts back in the day, I sure as hell would have earned a lot of fucking points by now. I'm a little disappointed this is only being incorporated now and not five, six years ago when you and I were buying shirts up the ass when we were at Endicott. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's a little disheartening. I, I did not know that. I, you, you just brought that to my attention now. But, uh, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, any kind of normal uh, company, if you have, like, a, a membership with them or kind of some kind of rewards program that you get some kind of benefit out of. I mean, never got any benefit for being a day one subscriber. The <laughs> I'm a surprised they're doing this, but uh, I mean, this could have, this would have worked very well back in the day. I, I, I probably could have had a decent amount of free t-shirts back, uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, but I, I guess now, now is better than never, but it uh, seems a little too late for me. So yeah, nice little gesture, but uh, 
Don't know how much value I'll get out of that. Exactly. It's funny you bring up the network thing. Not only are they not giving you any perks for being a day one subscriber, they're just giving you the eviction notice. As soon as your account is up, they're like, hey, you, you can't use this thing anymore. Go head on over to Peacock. Go use the cock. You can't use the network anymore. I don't know if, I don't know if my uh, my network's not working. I was on it the other night, so we'll see. Let me just, actually, I'm on, I'm on my TV, and I'll say. It, it, have, it depends on when your billing period is. I think after that, right. it stops working. I have a smart TV, so let's say I have the W network. It's loading. Let's see here. Uh oh, it's load. Uh oh, no, I, I can still use it. I, I still got it. It's baby. logged in. Still logged in. Okay, well, it's not. The website won't go away. It's just that you can't log in. Um, yeah, and mine's good. I think I'm looking at it right now. I'm still, I'm still here. I don't know when mine gets booted. I thought it was the 21st, but obviously not. Maybe it's early. Yeah, if I really wanted to, I, I just I just turned on Fastlane again. I could, I guess, I could watch Fastlane if I wanted to. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to put on some WrestleMania 18 right here and watch Ho, Ho, uh, Hogan and uh, Rock before this thing goes away. Oof, woof! One of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. Oof, Mini Marceau was going crazy. I was going to say Mini Marceau back in the day. Jesus, where the fuck has the time gone? <laughs> now I'm getting married, Jesus Christ. I was going to say, now you're getting married, can't wait. Ring the wedding bells. This is going to be a typical WWE wedding when someone goes to the cake. <laughs> We're not having cake. We're having donuts. So. Donuts! Yeah, donuts. Let's go. Did you get the Krispy Kreme vaccination treat or no? Is this something else? This <laughs> something else. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw that. I popped. I'm like, that's hilarious. Uh, nice. What kind of donuts are we talking here? Glazed? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I honestly don't know. The bride the bride did that. I'm assuming like chocolate. I know there's going to be like cannolis and uh, chocolate-covered strawberries as well. So Yeah, I'm going to have to fast on Friday morning. You're going <laughs> to. Well, make, make sure you don't get any McDonald's. I don't want you to be all filled. <laughs> I was going to say, might have to get it at 1 o'clock in the morning when I'm on my way home from Massachusetts to Connecticut. So maybe I'll just save it for that. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good, brother. This has been awesome. Uh, I'll chat with you on Friday. And uh, yeah, a couple days away from the wedding, brother. Can't wait for it. I'll, look, I'll, I'll see you then. I'm looking forward to it. Sounds good. And on that note, guys, you can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. Uh, be sure to rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode on Thursdays. Subscribe to my YouTube for more videos and exclusive interviews, including that one with Daniel Bryan from Friday. But in addition to that, this week alone, we've had a shit ton, including the star from Young Rock portraying Dwayne Johnson in his college years. That went up in video form last Tuesday. Shotzi Blackheart won half of the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions last Wednesday. Daniel Bryan on Friday. This past week, we've had EC3 on Wednesday from Ring of Honor talking about the Ring of Honor's 19th anniversary pay-per-view. Matt Taven today on Thursday for FansideDailyDDT.com as well as the YouTube channel as well, also in video form. Friday, we have another WWE interview, and there might be another one going up this week. Oh, actually, the Rhea Ripley one I put up on Tuesday, too. I never shared the audio from that, our first convo from May of last year. So if you're not already subscribed to YouTube.com backslash Graham G.S. and Matthews, you absolutely should be. Have an awesome week, guys. We'll catch you right back here next week for more wrestling talk. I'm Graham G.S. and Matthews for Mr. Marceau. We'll catch your ass down the road.